Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to the Science of Getting Rich podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Peters. Always remember, folks, whatever you think about comes about and whatever you focus on grows. Shit, that's the law of attraction. You don't even have to believe in it. That shit's true. This idea comes from the book, The Science of Getting Rich. This idea that what you hold in formless substance, your thoughts, the things that you hold close, I'm not saying you think about them sometimes. I mean, you think on them. How do you describe thinking? How do you describe laborious thinking? I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to describe to you, like, to think about your finances. Like a chess game is a, maybe a, an illustration. Like, should I move my rook here or here? Well, if I move it here... This and this and this could happen. If I move it here, this and this and this could happen. Should I have term insurance? I'm 30 years old. I got two kids, a wife, working a job. We got 100 grand saved. Got car payments, house mortgage. If I've dropped dead, how's the wife? Where do I leave her? Okay, so if I move the rook, should I buy term insurance? What could happen? Cost me a few bucks every month. Maybe I got to work an hour. Maybe I got to work an hour overtime to get the term insurance. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Sorry, you need to get it. Now, maybe you say, yeah, Gerald, but instead of doing that, if I invest the $50, so I move the rook over here, what could happen? Well, you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to attack because if you did die, you know, that strategy works out as if you live a long time. So if you lived a long time, that would have been the wise move. And so if we begin to look at our life and our money and how we're living and everything as a big chess game, you can begin to think this through in your mind and you can play it out. And so you've met people, you're like, why would he he do that? He's just making decisions. He's taking actions. And he didn't sit through and weigh through the possibility or he did and assume the risk. And he said, yeah, I'll take that risk. Because everything you do is a risk. Like literally just sitting home is a fucking risk, right? Leaving to go to the office is a risk. Got to get there. Got to get on the train. Could be a mass shooting. Any number of things could happen between now and then. Anything could happen at work. So you're making decisions all day long, but a lot of these we just make on automatic. So this idea of holding a thought in formless substance is about manifesting that thought by keeping the thought and thinking around it and mapping it out first in the mind, then maybe from paper to pencil. And then maybe you begin to do things. And so what I did when I come to like investing is I just like really got into it. I print off my stocks, look at them, be sitting at the dinner table waiting with my wife. And I got a printout of 42 stocks, dividends written off to the side. And I'm playing fucking chess in my mind. Where are interest rates? What's going on in the world? What's going on with me? Like what's going on in my head emotionally? How am I doing physically? What am I doing physically? You know, am I doing the exercise? Three keys to successful life, health, wealth, mindset. Well, part of the mindset is getting into this idea of holding thoughts in form of substance. Money. This book is primarily about money. I primarily talk about money. I have a book called You Don't Have to Die Broke. And I realize money's not everything in life, but it is at the core of life. And so this is why I try to combine it with this other idea of of, of, of the science of getting rich, this idea of holding a thought in formless substance. That's the core, the central to the book. 
holding thought in formless substance so that we can then manifest said thought and bring into this world that thing which we thought. And so you begin to think on this thing. For me, it was acquiring wealth. I was trying to get to a million dollars as fast as I could. Let me tell you about a guy named Ronald Reed. Janitor Ronald Reed, Reed leaves behind $8 million secret fortune. Get ready to add yet another secret millionaire to the case study files. Ronald Reed passed away last June at 92 years old. The Vermont man who had no college education and drove a Toyota Rius? Rius? I think they met Prius, maybe. Always made a point of living below his means. He spent many years working as a gas station attendant and the rest of his career as a janitor for the local J.C. Penney's department store. Reed was near perfect architect of the academic research done by the late Dr. James Stanley, the University of Georgia Wharton professor, Dr. Jeremy Siegel. You've heard of Stanley, the millionaire next door. You ever heard of that book? That's Dr. Stanley. Apparently, he worked at the University of Georgia. I didn't realize that. And Wharton professor, who's a very famous guy named Dr. Jeremy Siegel. If you really want to feel stupid about money, go read on these two dudes. These two dudes are like living it. They are literally holding thought of formless substance of building wealth to the point they began to think about it. He began to teach about it, began to write about it, and began to do studies on it and created a book called The Millionaire Next Door and where he researched who are the average people who become millionaires. Well, guess what? If you do that, you can dissect certain traits. And if you want to hold thoughts in formless substance, and one of your thoughts is becoming wealthy or becoming rich, then you'd want to go read his work. That's part of holding thought in formless substance. That's the laborious part. That's the part that makes it hard. When they say thinking's hard, yeah, because part of that involves actually doing stuff on your mind, taking time out of your day to read and study and develop the skills required to do this. 50% of all human beings on planet Earth will not spend time studying money. They do not understand the concept that if you just get a chunk of money, you can always make money. Like, let's just take it down to its simplest thing. Simple. Wealth, assets come in different forms. If you own them and control them, no matter the amount of them, they do something. They produce something. They work for you. If it's 10,000, it's working for you. If it's 100,000, it's working for you. If it's 500, it's working for you. A million, two million, three million. And when you get into the millions, guess what happens? Guess what happens when your wealth gets into the millions? It takes care of you. Ronald Reed was the perfect archetype of academic research done by the men like Dr. James Stanley, the late Dr. James Stanley, and Wharton professor Jeremy Siegel is still alive. Like the supermajority of Americans who are in the top 1% of wealth, Ronald Reed was wealthy about it. Stealthy about it. Sorry. Keeping his money a secret, even from his own children and friends. They knew he enjoyed investing, but were reportedly shocked to discover upon his death that he had a safety deposit box with a stack of stock certificates five inches thick. Long story short. He owned 95 companies, publicly traded companies, to include the one he worked at. Companies to include Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Procter & Gamble, Colgate, American Express, J.C. Mucker, Johnson Johnson, BF Corp., who own Levi's. You wear fucking pants, right? It's 
So people put pants on every day, never occurs to them they could invest in that. People drive cars and never occurs to them. You could stop fucking just being driving it and invest in it. But people are too fucking busy. That's called the money flow. It's all around you. I have friends that are in it, walk in it, absorbed in it. And they're playing a game of fucking chess with their money that other people aren't paying. Like at least 50% of the country aren't even bothering to play the game. They're so far detached from wealth. They, they're doing the opposite. They are literally living a life to acquire no wealth. They live to give it all away. Every bit of it. Every single penny of their money is gone. To the point they actually have a negative net worth. Like they were worth more the day they were born having zero than they're worth today. How does that happen? Happened to me. Happened to me. Dude, I had a negative $70,000 net worth. I go around talking to people and kind of brag that I have a positive net worth and it's not that much, dude. I want you to understand I have friends that have 10 times more money than me. They don't talk to you about money. They don't go around encouraging 20-year-olds to begin investing in real estate. They're not doing that. Why? Because they ain't none of their fucking business. They don't care what you invest in. Well, let me ask you this. Is your dad telling you to? Is your mom? The only way to secure you and your family is to own assets that produce income because you're not going to be able to work every day. You can't do it all the time. Life is going to throw problems at you. There's going to be earthquakes and famines and storms and layoffs and market crashes. All of these things happen. Sicknesses and deaths and mass shootings. And you're going to go through these cycles over and over and over. And if you're lucky, you're going to get 10, maybe more. Maybe we get 12 going into the future because of modern medicine and technology. Maybe we get 12 10-year cycles. And anyone can lay the foundation in 7 to 10 years to build wealth. You've got to lay the foundation though. But here's what most people do. They give up a seven to 10 year period. They give up a seven to 10 year period. And now we're in the third and they want to get real serious about it. And they've given up the rocket fuel, the 20 years. You know what 20 years does to money? Even the smallest sum of money grows enormously through compound interest. So when you start playing this game of actively managing money with money, when you start playing fucking chess, and you become a Ronald Reed and you build a portfolio. Life changes. That's how you get into the 1%, by the way. Hello. The 1% own things, period. How do you become a one percenter? You own shit. You own things. Most people don't get there through talent. They're like, oh, I was an amazing singer, so they gave me a bunch of money. Some people do. That's not how most people do it. Most people through, through money, the game of money, they own assets that produce income. Businesses, shares in businesses, they own notes, they own land. They own assets that produce income, stocks. You know, If you got a million dollars in the stock market and you're making money every month, all you got to do is not be a dumbass. And your wealth just grows and grows and grows. But you got to be playing the game, right? You got to be in the game. You got to be trying to win this game of chess, like the illustration that we're using. If you move your rook here, what happens? And so you prepare your family. 
And so this game of building wealth at some point has to become bigger than you. See, the truth is most people are playing on such a small scale. <laughs> it's such a small amount. They can't see it generationally. They're not playing a game of fucking chess that their grandkids are going to pick up. But the Ford family is. The Rockefellers have grown richer. Now, not all families do this, but these are just the popular ones. There's all kinds of these families all over the country. Got 10 million, 20 million. Anybody can do that game. Ronald Reed did it. But Ronald Reed did it secretly. Imagine if Ronald's selfish ass would have told other people. Now, while I look up to Ronald in one sense, there's another part of me. It's like, dude, you can't tell people. You hit a million dollars. You can't turn around and start telling people, hey, look at this. Like, I'm a fucking janitor. I've got a million dollars in assets. But here's what happens then. Guess what happens then? Everyone in his family has an opinion of what he should do with it. Now, they haven't done it. They haven't held thought and formless substance to the extent that they could build a portfolio of a million dollars. No. The discipline. The obsession. The passion. You think you're going to build this portfolio and you're going to get to a million dollars? You could do it passively in indexes. You could do that. It works mathematically. Absolutely. It's not what I'm advocating though. I'm advocating active, aggressively. I'm advocating that you play a game of chess, strategic. You begin to study this idea of the science of getting rich, this idea of holding thought and form the substance, this idea of acquiring assets, of, of, of the three buckets, the money flow, getting your, getting your money right, having a primary job, locking down a well. So if you're the kind of guy who can't keep a job, guess what? You don't get to play this game. Because at its core, at the central core of the money flow, of the science of getting rich to building wealth, the central core to this strategy is that you have an income stream. The only way for you to protect your family is to have an income stream. You know, you're the man of the house. You're the household of the house. You have people to take care of. You've got a wife to take care of. Kids to take care of. Maybe siblings, maybe grandkids, right? Maybe you want to pay for the college of your nieces. I mean, how many people could Ronald Reed have put through college when he was 72 with a couple million dollars? Now, here's the problem with Ronald's story. Ronald got to 8 million because he was 95, 92 years old. I bet if you go and you look at that, in, that compound curve, now, I, now I'm going to give you the problem with this and the reason people don't really get behind it is it takes a long fucking time. Ronald Reed did the long track. He did the 40 year. Anyone in 40 years, this is evidence. Anyone in 40 years, if you consistently just buy assets month after month for 40 fucking years, you're gonna die with a bunch of money, guaranteed. That's already been written about. That's, that's established. Like if you're even questioning that, you're stupid. You understand that, right? If you're even questioning the fact that buying stocks consistently and doing over time, you are a dumb human. Like you're stupid. You don't even understand the business game. You don't understand making money with money. You have an irrational fear that is holding you back. And you need to immediately eradicate that. That's why I'm overemphasizing how stupid that is. If you fear stocks, you are stupid. I said it. You're living stupid. I'm not saying you're not an unintelligent person. I'm not saying you're not smart. 
you made it to the eighth grade. Congratulations. But you don't own these assets that are going up right in front of you. Stocks went up 40% under President Trump. You know how many stupid, stupid Americans didn't invest? Not even a dollar. They couldn't even be bothered to put a fucking dollar in. Not one dollar, not a single dollar bill was put in. How many you think? 40, 52%. It's right at 50%. Don't even participate. These are stupid human beings. And if everyone would start telling them that, they would, there would be less of them because nobody wants to be stupid. I don't. I was one of them. And I came to realize as I'm looking at this, I'm like, damn, this is dumb, dude. Why am I not doing this? Like the barrier to entry in the stock market is nothing. There isn't one. You fucking breathe, have a job, put money in. That's it. You could do it passively in index funds. And so if you're old and don't have any, you chose not to. That simple. Ronald Reed dies with $8 million. His largest stock positions were Wells Fargo, Procter & Gamble, Colgate Palmolive, American Express, J&M Smucker. You know who that is? The peanut butter people. Johnson & Johnson, VEF Corp, McCormick, the seasoning the people put on their steaks and shit. All your life, people have been seasoning steaks. Did you get a dividend payment? No. You're too busy to even look and see if it's on sale. Raytheon. Did you know they have wars? How long has America been in a war? Guess who's in wars? Raytheon. And about 30 other companies. Think there'll be wars in the future? Jet planes, bombs, machine guns. Think they'll have those? You can invest in those. See, when you take a thought, like I just said, and hold it in formless substance, that would look like, hmm. Let me Google that. Hmm. It's looking barons. Hmm. Look in the Wall Street Journal. Hmm. Follow the news. Hmm. Right? Because you're playing chess. Because you're playing chess. But first, we got to get the job down. And then we begin to break our money up into buckets, right? That's my book. You don't have to die broke. You know, Ronald Reed did this. Because bucket one is necessities. This bucket has a hole in it. Electric bill, insurance, car payment. Like, all oh, that shit just goes in and in and in. It just out, 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 out. The more you get bucket one under control determines bucket two and three. Bucket two being savings, we got to protect ourselves. And bucket three being the long-term investments. We need money between us and the long-term investments, the ones playing the 40-year game. Not to say you might not use some of it before then, but it's staying in there. Like this is the bucket. You're going to die with this stuff. Like you're building it to such a large level that it's producing income and you're living... You're taking the money from it. You're not selling the assets. It becomes so large that you can, it continues to grow at your death. See, if you get these, these listen. Listen to what it says. Assuming a 3% dividend yield on the weighted assets, he was probably pulling down about $20,000 a month in dividend income before taxes on top of his roughly $12 an hour job he held. 
Ronald played a very simple game of chess. Now, what if you played a little bit more complicated game of chess? What if you got down the job, did your best to get raises there, you went in early, stayed late, started showing gratitude right out of the book, Science of Getting Rich, started holding thought and form of substance, started thinking, how could I be more valuable to my employer? How could I conduct myself with honesty and integrity and try to help people? What you do for others, you do for yourself, right? We want to conduct ourselves with honesty. Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. There's something to this idea, this universal principle, that if you give, you receive. So that starts at your job. Be a giver. If you hold animosity to your job, if you feel like they're taking advantage of you, you don't like them, you'd rather steal from them than help them, get a different job. That's you being, that's you being lazy now. That you living in contention with the universe. You've decided to live in conflict when the world is open to you. When the book says you can hold a thought and form the substance, a thought could be a different job, right? Where circumstances change. My point being, don't sit in friction if you don't have to. If you have the ability to change it. This is where mindset comes in, right? Health, wealth, and what? Mindset. The three triangles, the three things we're trying to touch every day, our health, our wealth, and our mindset. So every day we're playing this money game, this game of chess. We're looking at everything. It takes time. Go easy on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. you got to take your time about this. It takes seven to ten years and where anyone, regardless of age, race, or financial situation, in seven to ten years can lay the foundation to build wealth. I used to say you could get rich because you could. But I know most of you probably won't. But in seven to ten years, you can lay the most solid of foundations that, that, it, that you're good. That the 40-year game then works out. That you will be a Ronald Reed and be a, you know, but let's, let's try to get to be Ronald Reed at, say, 60. Like, I want $8 million at 60 years old. How do I do that? I think I could do it. Like, I'm, I think I can do it if I run it out, man, if I do the compound calculator. But see, part of my problem is, is I'm a, I consider myself a quasi-professional investor. And so I do, I'm at that point, or I will be soon, where I'm going to be consuming some of it. And that slows it down. Ronald, it's obvious, never pulled any out. Now, most of us aren't going to get so lucky. If you invest for money, you know, I'm an active real estate investor. So there's going to be times where a house may get sold or an equity loan is taken out. There's Why? Because I'm playing a game of fucking chess. And I got to live. And some of this stuff, because I'm an active manager, I'm out doing it. And so I got to be compensated for my time so I can pay bills, right? And so I have to weigh that management versus what could I make working versus where's where's my best use of my time in my business, see what I'm saying? And so some things you have to outsource. That's where the index only stuff comes from. You just do your job, send us your money, and we'll take care of investing it. I'm saying do your job and manage your money and actively hold your investments in form of substance. Like be an active manager, like be smart. Like don't do dumb shit is what I'm saying. Don't day trade, right? Don't go all in on crypto. I'm not saying don't buy some crypto shit, but it's a percentage. It's a portfolio. This guy owned 92 different things. Why? Because he's fucking smart. Now, 100%, fastest way to get rich, go all in on one idea. And if you're right, boom, rich. I'm not arguing with that. Not arguing with that. 
There were people who went all in crypto and got really rich. And if you got your money out, then you're really rich. Congratulations. I don't know how many times I can do that. You know? I don't have those skill sets. I've never been that assured of any one thing, but I know this. If I play the bigger game, if I play the board, if I play this game called chess, and I don't go all in on one move, I know I can make it work too. And and I've gone heavier weighted, which I do at times, when I feel like an industry is under, undervalued and, and I have logical reasons and I can look at the stock charts and confirm, yeah, price is really low. Here's all these experts that say it's worth this. It pays an income stream. So instead of having 25,000, why don't I have 40,000? And I push some more money into that section, that sector, because that sector is undervalued. That's a logical way to invest. And guess what? You could be wrong. You could be wrong. Or you could get it perfectly right. I got the 2015 oil crisis perfectly right. You know? But it wasn't enough money to radically change my life. But over a short period of time, I allocated $25,000 and turned that into like 80 something thousand dollars. Getting paid dividends along the way took about two years. You know, and a guy could look at that and guesstimate what's your return and all that. I don't know. Like, I get that. But I'm playing this much larger game of chess. I took some assets and put it into a field that was undervalued that's going to pay me money. And over time, I think I'm going to be right. And I was. Just so happened to be two years. If it had been four, I'm cool with that. It's going up. It's going in the right direction. I'm buying in logical time. I'm using charts. I'm looking at experts. I'm reading. I'm making a thesis. It's not an impulse fucking buy. This is not going into a car dealership. It's funny to me that people who can impulse buy a car will then have an opinion on stocks. So they'll impulse buy or spend a shit ton of money on a depreciating asset. But over here's an asset that produces income. Chevron pays dividends. Exxon has paid dividends throughout its entire life. What if every time Exxon went to ridiculously low prices and relative to the previous 10 years, we got to have some, some way of guesstimating what is low and what is high. And so we create this framework that we decide, okay, this is how we determine if a stock is low or high. And we follow the stock because I use gas every day. You use gas every day. This is not a huge expansion of your mind to get behind an idea for us investing. And you save up $10,000 and the market's really cheap and you push all $10,000 into Exxon. That's not a 401k. Right? It's not a pension plan. What is that? It's just investing. It's just investing. Most people don't do that. I've been doing that my whole life. I started with like 500 bucks. Actually, I opened an E-Trade account with $250. And like Ronald Reed, I just started putting money in just all the time. $20, $50, $100, $20, $50, $100. And as I made more money at work and I got my buckets right and I eliminated debt, $500, $1,000, and that money, I would take piles of that money and invest it in things that paid me money. And so I buy something for $5,000 that paid me 11%. Now I'm back to saving money. And when I get that money to a chunk, I'm looking for something else that's on sale. Much like my friend Ronald Reed here. You think he bought all 92 companies the same day? No, pretty positive. The reason he was doing it is like, look, VF Corp messed up, missed earnings. There's shit going on with them getting fabrics. Market just doesn't like that sector right now. I think I'm going to move in. 
and you begin accumulating shares with the intention of holding it for the rest of your life. And you get some money into that and then you stop. You stop putting in money because you don't pay more than you think it's worth. And so I own stocks right now that I think are overpriced, like Pepsi. I'm not buying any Pepsi here. I think the price is overpriced. But guess what I'm going to do with my Pepsi stock? I'm going to hold it. I'm going to hold it. It's going to become, you know, 20,000, 40,000, 50. It's going to become $100,000. And when I'm like Ronald Reed, you're like, wow, he's got $100,000 of Pepsi. No, Pepsi bought me that. Pepsi bought those shares. I didn't buy those shares. I put money in it one time. They paid for all those shares. And I reinvested them. And I take my money and look for more deals. And I would set that thing to reinvest. And I'd say, hey, every time you pay me, don't pay me. Buy me more shares. And all of a sudden, you got 10 positions. He's got 92 stocks paying him $20,000 a month buying him shares. Meaning last month, if he didn't take... You think he's living on 20 grand? No, he's bringing home a few grand. He lived on $12.50 an hour most of his life. So now the money's compounding. The problem is, if you look at this, this is over a 40-year period. How do we shrink this down? I say you do this in 15 years. The further down the compound curve you get in the shorter period of time, the bigger the return, the faster the return. Because you can just start down at the end. Like you ever see the curve, it goes sideways, 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 slowly starts turning up, slowly starts turning up, and then it just rockets up. Why don't you just put a whole bunch in so you can just start on the rocket up part? It's possible. Depends on how you think about it, right? Depends on the game you're playing. See, normal men aren't going out, working, coming home, get it so they can take a couple grand so they can get it invested into a deal that's going to pay them money every month. Normal human beings aren't thinking like that. Normal human beings don't have $8 million. They have car payments, boats, and RVs. They're consumers. It's called life. And they're living. And then some of us balance the world and we're half consumer, half investor, which is better than none, right? But we've got to balance the scale because we have to consume. I get it. I consume. But we need to balance the scale where more is in investing than consuming. And the more you begin to unbalance that scale, the more and more and faster and faster it grows in your favor. And the faster and faster and faster you get rich. So instead of being like our hero here, Ronald Reed, who is a hero, no mistake about it, you get to 8 million in 20 years. That's what I'm trying to do. God bless. Yes, 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 yes. This is Gerald Peters. Hey, thanks for listening to the Science of Getting Rich podcast. Truly, truly appreciate it. If you haven't already, follow me over there at Instagram at fullauto11. Um, same thing on Twitter. Um, I don't do a lot there, but I do. If you tweet me, I'll tweet you back. Um, also on YouTube, where I talk a little bit about money at fullauto11 also. Um, God bless. And if you don't have a copy of my free ebook, you don't have to die broke. Just email me, text me, or DM me.